1: join us with questions and answers with pastor John Carter.
0: Hello friend, I'm John Carter. Welcome today to the Carter Report. This is a continuation of our Q&A segment. We've been talking about your great questions and I've been trying to give you some good answers. Here's the next question. What does the Bible say about tattoos? Oh, I heard a groan from the audience. They're the people who've got tattooed. What does the Bible say about tattoos? Would you come over here to Leviticus nineteen and verse twenty-six, dear hearts and gentle people? Leviticus nineteen and verse twenty-six. Is that what I said? Oh no, it's verse twenty-eight. Leviticus nineteen and verse twenty. Eight, here it is. You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. So, so much for tattoos. Let me tell you a little bit about tattoos. Back in the days when these words were written, tattooing was something that the pagans did And it was a sign of their pagan gods. Later, tattooing became a sign of slavery and bondage. The masters used to tattoo their slaves. And so it doesn't seem to have a lot going for it. But let me say this to my friends who've got tattoos everywhere. (laughs) This doesn't mean you're going to hell. God takes us where he finds us. God knows your heart. And the Bible tells me I am saved by the grace of God because it's just as well because if we weren't saved by the grace of God, none of us could be saved. Next question. Does the Bible say how many times I should forgive someone who continually does wrong to me? Text is Matthew 18, 22. Matthew 18 and verse 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. That means no end to it. Jesus said, just keep on forgiving because you're going to keep on making mistakes too. Uh, Jesus told the story, you know, the story about the two debtors. One man owed the Lord $10 billion. You know the story? And the Lord, it's Jesus. God forgives this person, owes him $10 billion. Huge sum of money. And this man who has been redeemed with tremendous grace has got a tenant working for him, a slave. And this man owes him $100, 100 bucks. He says, pay me everything. Man says, I can't, can't, I got no money. So it gets him by the throat. He says, pay me everything. He says, if you don't pay me everything, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to have you tortured. I'm going to sell your wife. I'm going to get rid of your children. Now, the person who owes the Lord $10 billion dollars it's us. We owe that to the Lord. And the worst anybody can do to us is about $100. And so Jesus said, I've given so much forgiveness to you, therefore your forgiveness to others are to be without limit. Uh, you've all heard of Corrie ten Boom, haven't you? Corrie ten Boom was the beautiful Dutch lady who was put in a concentration camp by the German Nazis. They killed most of her family members, and she was allowed to get out of it just by the grace of God. And she was giving a talk one day in a church and talking about grace and forgiveness. It's great up the front. Grace and forgiveness. And after the meeting, a man came to her. He said, Do you remember me, Kari? That was the Nazi guard. Murdered her family. Helped to murder. He said Curry, is there forgiveness for me? Then he said, How about a hug, Curry? Hey, what would you do? Forgive a Nazi? Forgive a Nazi? Let me tell you something. The grace of God is so great that a Christian is called to forgive his enemy. And that is the mark of a Christian. How much do I owe God? 10 billion. 10 billion. How much does my enemy owe me? $100. I hear Christians talking about, here's the next one, I hear Christians talking about being born again. What does it mean to be born again? Come over here to John chapter 3 and verse 3 and 5. These are the words of our blessed Lord to Nicodemus, the leader, one of the leading theologians in the days of Christ. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So my folks, my dear friends, we can talk as much as we like. And talk, religious talk is tremendously cheap, isn't it? You know, religious people have got a name for talking all the time. But Jesus said, that doesn't count a bit. You got to be born again. When Jesus says you got to be born again, he's talking about becoming a brand new person like the Russian prisoner. We preach the gospel to millions of Russians. Sometimes in the middle of winter, a man who's a murderer, he comes and he says, Lord, I'm sorry. And the grace of God gets inside that man and he becomes a new person. Listen to this. Being born again, mean people become kind. You know mean people in the church? Mean people, cruel, sarcastic always talking, always criticizing. But when they're born again, they're no longer mean. (laughs) They're kind. Dishonest people become honest. Lying people become truthful. Violent people, I've seen baptized lots of violent people. I've even baptized people in the KGB. They become peaceful. Legalistic people, oh, legalistic people in the church By the super, super, super miracle, they become loving. Lustful people become pure. We also had a baptism some years ago. We're going back to Manila, as you know, for a big campaign by the grace of God. That's why we're trying to raise the money for it now. We had a baptism in Manila on death row. Uh, These young Filipinos were assassins. They were murderers. But through the preaching of the gospel of Christ, their lives were marvelously transformed by the grace of God. Now, a lot of people in the church say, well, it's the bad people. Bad people like them, they've got to be born again. But Jesus was talking to a great theologian who had religion coming out of his ears. Have you met those people? Ugh. Jesus said, you've got to be born again. It's tremendously important. Being born again, as Jesus said. Next question, once saved, always saved. Is it biblical? You folks know the story of the sower. Jesus said a sower went forth to sow. And when he's sowing, he's actually sowing the word of God. And the sower goes forth and the first person, the seed is on the wayside, hard as hard as concrete. It doesn't go in at all. Hard. Next person, shallow soil. You know, superficial person. Blah, 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 about Religion all the time. Superficial person. As wide as the Mississippi, you know. And this deep. So it's very shallow. And Jesus said, well, that person hears the gospel. Hallelujah. Praise God. And Jesus said when the sun came up, they wilted. You know why? Too shallow. The word couldn't get down. There are lots and lots of shallow people. Boy, this is proof of the inspiration of Christ. The next group well, the soil is great. It's rich. It's great. It's terrific. And the plants come up, and so do the weeds. You know what the weeds are? Love of money. Hey, I couldn't go to a religion. No, no. You know what your problem is? You love your money. Jesus said the cares of this life. And the fourth group is the good earth. And the seed gets down and it grows and it grows. May God help us to be good earth people, not shallow people, not thorny people. Would you come over here to Luke chapter 8 and verse 11 and onwards... Luke chapter 8, 11 and onwards. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. If you don't hear the word of God, you're not getting the seed. If you don't read the Bible, you're not getting the seed. You're going, just going to shrivel up and die. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts, lest they should be, believe and be saved. Listen, look at me. Jesus said, if you truly believe, you are saved. Believing is equated to salvation, lest they should believe and be saved. Verse 13, But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Hallelujah. And these have no root, who believe for a while. If they believe for a while, they are saved for a while. Doesn't sound like once saved, always saved. Lest they should believe and uh, be saved. And these people there they believe, all right. But when the sun comes up, they stop believing. Let me ask you this question Do two people have to stay married? Hmm? Certainly not in America. Because, my friend, you don't have to stay married because love is based on a choice. You can get a divorce anytime you want to. May not be right, but, God, but people are not forced into a relationship. Love is based on freedom of will. It's the same with Jesus. Jesus is not going to force me to stay in a relationship with him. And he's given me the capacity of choosing. If I didn't have the capacity of choosing, I couldn't love. So it's not a case of once saved, always uh, saved, but it's a case of staying in love with Jesus. And the more you get to know him, the more you love him. That's why I say to people over and over again, like a crack record, read your Bible every day. I can tell you the greatest weakness in American Christianity and in Australian Christianity, but especially American Christianity, because there are more Bibles than anywhere. The biggest weakness is that people in this part of the world don't read the Word. You got to read it every day. I read it out loud, so it gets into my soul. I've been reading it for many people. I'm too busy. Okay, we well, don't expect to be saved. The seed has to be sown. If you're not sowing the seed, you can't expect to be saved. I don't believe in once saved, always saved. I believe in what Moody said, holding, I am held. Or was it Spurgeon? I don't know. Holding, I am held. Next question. Do pets, animals go to heaven? (laughs) Give me a Bible answer. That's tough. (laughs) I can't give you a Bible answer. But I can tell you this, and this is a Bible answer, God is love. God loves people. And I think he loves pets too because he made them all. And heaven is going to be better than we can imagine. Don't you believe that? And I think, now this this is just a little speculation from me, but I think God is going to make heaven so good for his people. And if you need to have that beautiful dog... I'm sort of thinking he'll give it to you. But don't ask me for a text, okay? (laughs) Next question. But don't you think that's reasonable? I think so. You know, I love dogs and horses. It seems to me that every day I hear, I read or hear about someone committing suicide. Tens of thousands in this country. What does the Bible say about suicide? What does a... What about a believer who commits suicide? Now, suicide classically is murder because you're killing yourself. But there's such a thing too as mental illness. There's a lot of hopelessness and pain and depression in society. If a person doesn't have a job and he's sick and maybe he's in pain from cancer, don't be too judgmental. God is the judge. I say to those people, a better day is coming. Daniel 7 verse 27, notice it. The Bible says, And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This old world is going to pass away. So hold on. Jesus is coming. It's going to get better and don't think the government is going to make it better for you. It's not going to last. Look to Christ. Revelation 21 and verse one says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, no pain, no sorrow, no cancer, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no more sea which causes separation. It's going to be so much better. So hold on, I've read the back of the book and we win. Listen, God loves people. God is not a Pharisee. He understands Christ died for all. We don't have all the answers and we should not think we have all the answers. We shouldn't play the Pharisee. We need to trust in Jesus recognizing that some people have taken their lives because of mental illness who were overwhelmed with a sorrow that you and I can never fathom. So with that one, my friend, let's not play the judge. God is the judge. Look at Revelation 21 and verse 4. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things that passed away. I say to people who are hurting, who are in pain, I meet people who are hurting and who are in pain all the time. When you go to the hospital like I had to go to, there you see, I don't see those things too often, there you see people in real pain, groaning. But God is going to wipe it all away. We look forward to a perfect world with a redeemed people saved by grace. Next question. Are all sins as bad as each other? Well, people say, of course, every sin is bad. Well, we're not saying that. The question is, are all sins as bad as each other? Luke chapter 12, 47 and 48, I think, gives the answer. Luke chapter 12 and verse 47. And you can send me your questions. We'll put up the... Uh, the address on the screen now and I will try to answer your question as we're looking up the text here. Luke chapter 12, verse 47 and 48. This is talking about the judgment. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself for do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. So some people are going to get many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few for everyone to whom much is given from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed to him they will ask the more. So in the judgment there's an allocation of, of penalties and some are strong and some are weaker. That is because there are different degrees of guilt. All sinners bad but some some sins are of greater wickedness you know that it's common sense the worst sin is probably the sin in the church that's self-righteousness but remember no sin is too bad for God if we confess it our big problem is we're too proud to confess our sins look at Isaiah 55 6 and 7 Isaiah 65 6 and 7 Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Every sin will be forgiven if we come as penitent sinners crying to God for mercy. Well that's the tough part most of us are too proud are all people of equal worth <laughs> that's an awful oh no it's a good question are all people of equal worth does God have his favorites Galatians 3:28 is the best text I think on this subject Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28 I like to tell people this because some people know so little about truth that they think that Jesus was an Anglo. Galatians 3.28, and so when Jesus is pictured, he's got blonde hair and he's got blue eyes, most unlikely. Jesus came from the Middle East. Jesus was a Semite. I'm not a Semite, I'm an Anglo-Saxon. But Jesus was a Jew. God's got it, and Jesus, in Jesus was combined every person. Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. When it says Greek, it means Gentile. Doesn't matter where you come from. There's neither Jew nor Greek. That's why white supremacy or even black supremacy as is practiced in some parts of the world that's why all of these supremacies are an abomination to God there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus listen to me this is tremendously important, I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel in Africa and Russia and Ukraine, uh, Latin America and the United States and Australia and the islands of the sea, and also in China and in India. I won't go any further. I'll, I'll tell you too much. I want to tell you this. It is not your colour or your racial background. That doesn't count. What counts is who has your heart. And if you believe in Christ, the Bible says, it doesn't matter whether you're black or brown or pink or green. It doesn't matter. If you belong to Christ, you're a child of the kingdom. You're saved. So racism is abhorrent to God. It stinks in the nostrils of almighty God. A racist cannot be a Christian. You see? So one day, Jesus is going to come. He's going to take his people home to glory. And what a tremendous family he is going to have in the kingdom of God. I want you to know this. God is a very big God. And God has a very big family. We want to thank you today for sending me your questions. Keep sending me your questions. I'll try to answer them as I get opportunity. But you are a wonderful audience. And until next time, thank you for tuning our way. And may God richly bless you. Bye for now.
1: You can now find The Carter Report anywhere, anytime, on any Android or Apple device. Use your cell phone, tablet, computer or TV to access the many inspirational messages from Pastor Carter 24-7. For Apple users, go to the App Store. For Android users, go to Google Play and download the free Carter Report app. The Carter Report also has an official YouTube and Vimeo channel. Search for The Carter Report and find the topic that speaks to you. Roku users simply search for The Carter Report and download the app free. The same on Amazon Fire. For Apple TV, visit the App Store and download the app. Reach out to The Carter Report and experience the hope, faith, and love of Jesus Christ. God has blessed us all. Those blessings can be passed down to our families and to the family of Christ. A monetary gift from your estate can be given to support the tremendous work of the Carter Report. Your gift delivers hope to those waiting to hear the Word of God and changes lives all over the world. Vehicles of all kinds, boats, and property can be transformed to support the schools, orphanages, churches, and television programs of the Carter Report. If this is your wish, or if you have questions, please contact us. You can call the number on the screen or write to us. Thank you for making us a part of your legacy. In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions.
0: Seven Great Signs of the Apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, then the future is bright with promise.
1: For a gift of $100 US or 140 Australian, this 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website Time, it takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the son of God. Second, accept his free gift of eternal life and then you're saved. It's not hard, it doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your son Jesus Christ died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone, fellowship with other followers of Jesus, get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website.